Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, the roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well, Amy. I had a great time in the Palmetto State this week. Did you now? You know what state that is, right? Yeah, yes, I, I've, I've lived okay. there. Yeah, oh. went to college. Oh, that's went, right, that's right. Went you to college. college <laughs> yep, went to college in the Palmetto State. My husband is from the Palmetto State. I go there a lot. Yes. Your daughter roots for that other school in the Palmetto State. Yes. The, the other Death Valley. Uh-huh. You uh, you take that up with her. She doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm good. I think I'm yeah. safe. Yeah. But hey, right. here, crazy thing, though. Uh, so I'm flying in and out of uh, Charleston. Long story, even though the meeting was in Columbia. But I go to fly out on Wednesday this week, and there's a bomb scare at the airport as I'm trying to fly out. Yeah, why don't you explain that? Well, there was a bomb scare at the airport. Right. Tell, but, but, but tell us a little more about that. Well, they had to evacuate the airport. Everything shut down for a while. And, you know, it's one thing for it to be a big airport. This was actually probably the only positive note that is it wasn't a massive airport. It was the Richmond. Right, right. I mean, I'm Charles, sorry, not Richmond, Charleston. the Charleston airport. Yeah. Which is T-tiny, right? It's like 15 gates. It's like A1 through 5 and B1 through 10. I mean, so... It right. wasn't like a massive evacuation, but it was it was enough to put a wrinkle in, you know, the TSA everything and the air traffic control and you know flights were held and flights were delayed and it was a bit of a nightmare for a little while for some people some you know a few headaches and some people probably missed some connections along the way. I feel bad for them. Positive note was I was flying direct straight to Nashville, so my plane was already there. I just had to wait a little while. But there you go. Don't want to go through that again, and especially don't want to go through it at a major, major airport, which would, that would be, I, I can't imagine like what would happen if Nashville's airport had to be evacuated just because it's, Ooh. you know, it's something like 75, 80 gates versus yeah. you know, the 15. In, See, in that's where Raleigh, that's where Raleigh's nice because Raleigh has two you terminals. Have two different terminals. And right. they only have like 10 each. So, no, one of them has a, l- oh, one it does. Has a lot more. Yeah. I've only this, flown into the Southwest one. So, right, only, south, it's only got like this, 10. The Southwest only has about 10, and then the other terminal has a, a lot. It's Okay. Yeah, it's all the other airlines. But so. if the other terminal gets evacuated, well, you don't really care because you're not in that one. But Right. I'm usually just one. in the Southwest one. Yeah, there was only yeah. one terminal. So, yeah, it was a, everything worked out. It turned out to be false alarm kind of thing, but there was a suspicious package. And, um, right. Yeah. Turned, so. turned out okay. Hey, but, but the best part was I got to eat Raisin Cane's. We don't have that here. And yeah. I love me some Raising Canes. So. Was that really the best part? Or was the best part being with South Carolina Baptists? Oh, yeah, there's that too. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Let's redirect that. South Carolina so. Baptists have Raising Canes in their state, and that's pretty awesome. Okay. So I think there's some in Tennessee, but there's not any in Nashville, which bothers well, me. Well, I, anyway. I tried I tried to redirect you. It didn't yes. really work. But. All right. So, yeah, South Carolina was it was great. The, the meeting was fantastic. So I, I got to hang out with my new pastor that's coming in about a month, uh, Jay Hardwick. Got to have lunch with him while I was there. I was able to make that happen. And um, it, we had some great South Carolina low country food, you know, that kind of thing. So that was fantastic. The, the meeting was at First Baptist Columbia. And I put this out on Twitter. And a lot of people agreed with me, and they, they really would like to see this. I think this would be a fun thing to do, and it probably would get us thrown out of First Baptist Columbia. But it's set up. It's got three decks, Amy. I've never seen a church with three decks. It's got the mm-hmm. main floor. It's got a second deck, and it's got a third deck. It's got an upper deck. 
an upper deck, Amy. Not just a balcony. They've got a balcony and an upper deck. And Exciting. I thought, yes. how awesome would it be to play wiffle ball in here and be able to poke one into the upper deck? I thought that'd maybe be they do that. Maybe they do that at lock-ins. I mean, if you don't, if if they haven't had a youth pastor get fired for playing wiffle ball in the sanctuary, they haven't lived. Let's They're just doing something wrong, huh? I know they're doing something yeah. wrong. Or well, sounds like you've had quite a week. Sounds like you've had quite a week. So that's my takeaway: playing uh, wiffle ball in the sanctuary and raising canes. So thank you, South right. Carolina Baptist, for that. I appreciate it. No, I'm kidding. It, it was really good, though. I really, I mean, Gary Hollingsworth, his whole staff, they're, they're killing it in South Carolina. So I was very impressed. Josh Powell, rock star in the making right there. Actually, already made. He's a rock star. And finally, Amy, last point on South Carolina Baptist Convention, Brian Holly gets a shout out. He's a CFO for the convention. He's a friend of the pod, Amy. Yes. Yeah. You told me you got a chance to talk to him. Yes, he listens to the podcast. He actually lives up in Raleigh and drives back and forth and listens to us on his drive. So, Very Brian, cool. stay on the road. Pay attention. Slow down. So, All right. Very cool. No speeding. So, No speeding. We can't get you out of tickets, Brian. But anyway, a great week, great time in South Carolina, and but happy to be back home. And uh, got just a couple of weeks left for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so as we start getting ready to move into the holiday season, we've got some big news and some state conventions to go over, just like yeah. you you were at. Let, but first, let's thank our partners, Jonathan. Yes, Southwestern Seminary. They recently announced a new joint Master of Divinity and Master of Business Administration degree. It's built on partnership with Dallas Baptist University and is designed to equip believers with a versatile degree for today's church and marketplace. Equipped with deep theological knowledge and flexible business skills, men and women will be able to use this training to take the gospel all over the world, wherever God may call them. If you're interested in this new joint MDiv MBA program, then visit swbts.edu slash mdivmba for more information. That's swbts.edu slash mdivmba for more information. So we start in Texas, Amy. Big news at the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, Jim Richards announced that he plans to step down next year. Yes. So his intention is to transition from leadership effective December 31st, 2021. Um, Jim Richards was the founding executive director of the SBTC, which is 22 years old now. Um, So he is a state exec that is known to almost everyone. Oh, he's an institution. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's been there since the beginning. He's the only state exec. He's the only state exec out there that can say that he's the only state exec of his convention. That's right. That's right. Because Brian Autry is not the only, I mean, SBCV is the only other convention that's young like this, but Brian Autry is not the only mm-hmm. state exec of SBCV. So that's right. Yeah. So Jim Richards so. has been the only one. Um, and it's hard to imagine there being another executive director, but they will start the search in due time. Um, but like I said, it's December 31st, 2021. So basically, it's kind of a year's lead time on this. Plenty of time for them to lay out a path forward for the SBTC. So we'll be in prayer for them. And uh, just want to thank Jim Richards for a lifetime of service to Southern Baptist. Absolutely, Jonathan. We very much appreciate Dr. Richards' service. So that that was kind of the big news out of Texas. It was. It was. So we have big news from other states, Amy, because yes. we had some state meetings this week. And speaking of executive directors, we start in New Mexico 
where they formally elected their new state executive director, Steve Ballou. Yes, they did. So they had 248 messengers from their 342 cooperating churches, and they met in Albuquerque at Hoffmantown Church. And uh, that was kind of the big, that was the big news there. They unanimously elected Steve Ballou after the recommendation of the executive director search team. He currently pastors Emanuel Baptist Church in Farmington, New Mexico, and he will begin on January 1st. They also elected a new slate of officers. President Ronnie Cooksey is the pastor of Sandia Baptist Church in Albuquerque. And for some reason, they elected first vice president Matt Hensley of Mayhill Baptist Church. Um, still, still need to go back and count the votes on that one, Amy. Uh, we kid, we kid. Matt's a good you're friend gonna, of the pod. You're going to yeah. call, are you, are you calling for a recount? I'm calling Jonathan? for a hand, hand, uh, recount, recount by hand. So I don't know. Yes. That's that, that would explain that there's no other way to explain what happened there with Matt. Hintz. I, we, we kid Matt's a good friend folks. Um, we've been on, I've been on his yeah. podcast several times, so. Yeah, you you do need to make sure that people know that yes. because we don't normally do that about officers at state conventions. Yes, so it is yeah. all it's it a is joke, all folks. in good fun. Yes, all in good fun. Matt's a great friend, great pastor, and a great leader in New Mexico. And uh, excited for him and his role at first vice president. He was second vice president, but now that is Monty Mullenix, who's the pastor of First Baptist Bloomfield. They also approved a 2021 budget of 3.7 million dollars, which is a a slight decrease of 18.5% uh, due to some changes from funding of North American Mission Board and Lifeway. They are keeping their CP percentage at 29% of contributions, and they approved three resolutions, one encouraging New Mexico Baptists to utilize their right to vote, one thanking Hoffmantown Church for hosting the annual meeting, and one expressing gratitude for Joe and Sharon Bunce's 15 years of service to the state convention. So, uh, this is the last state convention for Joe Bunce as he retires at the end of February, and Steve Blue will take over at that time. Also, Amy, we go to New England, from New Mexico to New England. Yes, so they held an online meeting that was live-streamed on YouTube. It included worship, testimonies, and reports. And then after those reports were concluded, then church representatives were invited to join a business meeting via Zoom. So that's kind of how they handled the pandemic is that they met virtually in that way. So you, they watched, they watched as a, on a live stream with all of the reports and then they came into a Zoom meeting where they approved a 2021 budget of just under $2.5 million and then recommended that CP giving would be frozen at the 2015 levels until negative financial effects of the pandemic have passed. All right, Amy, they also elected some officers for the next year. President Dong Rondina of Word of God Christian Fellowship in Framingham, Massachusetts, Vice President Stephen Woodard, pastor of Nashua Baptist Church in Nashua, New Hampshire. Also, they passed a resolution on the importance of cooperative missions. Over to Wyoming, Amy, a couple of our uh, co-workers, uh, Willie McLaurin and Dr. Floyd, were both at the Wyoming Southern Baptist Mission Network meeting. They passed a budget of $721,810, down 43% from last year, but they passed this budget as a Wyoming independent budget. No outside money into it, so uh, they are moving away from other funding sources and living basically only on the cooperative program funds from their churches. 
They also reelected their officers, President John Laramendi, the pastor at Alcova Community Church, first vice president, Dean Whitaker, pastor of United Baptist Church in Riverton, second vice president, Ed Tharp, senior pastor at Boyd Avenue Baptist Church in Casper, who hosted the meeting. Recording secretary is Sherry Mickelson, who's a member of First Southern Baptist Church in Powell, Wyoming, and the assistant recording secretary, Dawn Kinney who's a member of Mountain View Baptist Church in Mills. I wonder if Mountain View Baptist Church has an actual view of mountains. Usually that's how towns get their name. Yes. Well, or typically. a church. It's a church that would be yeah. is that you could view mountains from it. And it's yeah. Wyoming, so I'm going to guess it's really possible. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to look it up on Google Maps. All right. This year, 99 messengers came to the meeting uh, from 54 of the 98 churches in Wyoming. All right, so now let's go to Hawaii. Let's. Yes. Oh, you meant you meant on here. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, Hawaii Pacific Baptists, they gathered virtually as well. So just like New England. And they because there are sign- still really significant travel restrictions in place for that part of the world, for the Hawaiian Islands. Um, and the Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention has a lot of churches in places, the Samoas, Micronesia, Asia, lots of, lots of places. So they met entirely virtual. They gave an update on a new strategic agreement between the Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention and the International Mission Board that they will partner together to mobilize Hawaii Pacific Baptists to focus with IMB teams going to the nations because of the connections they have really with Asia. Basically, for this virtual meeting, what they did is they had access to a book of reports. They had they got all of these updates. They had um, a video on Facebook Live, things like that. But their executive board had already approved the budget in their September meeting. So the executive board had already done kind of the business, but then they got the chance, sort of like SBC Advance was, for the churches to know what was going on in Hawaii Pacific. So they had um, mission-focused videos talking about the work that is happening, as well as an annual meeting message from Ronnie Floyd. Yeah, not in person, by the way. Right, I believe that was sent to them. So unfortunately, he did not get to go deliver that in Hawaii. Mm. But tough one. That's a tough. He drew a tough assignment there. Yep. That, that one. That one kind of. It's like a tease, you know. Right. All right. Well, we move to West Virginia, Amy, where they also voted, just like Wyoming, to become completely self-sustaining. They met virtually for their 50th anniversary celebration. I was supposed to go to this one too, and didn't get to go because of the virtual meeting. So that. That's know, right, and it was that. their fifth. Yeah, and their 50th anniversary. Yeah, it's which gonna be is a big really one. Sad. Big celebration. Um, yes. But I'm sure they'll blow it out next year. So they did announce a budget of $1.4 million. It's down 855000 because of the decrease in funding from North American Mission Board and Lifeway. But they are completely self-sustaining. So uh, they are excited about that. And they're going to contribute 41.5% to the National Cooperative Program. And they have received two more churches into the state convention. The officers will remain the same in 2021, President is Mason Ballard, pastor of Resurrection Church in Charleston. First Vice President Larry Garrison, pastor of Open Door in Weirton. Second Vice President Jason Spade, who's a pastor of Fairlawn in Parkersburg. And Recording Secretary Chuck Morrow, who's the Associational Administrator for the Upper Ohio Valley Baptist Association. So that's it from West Virginia. Yeah. I also see they did a Zoom conversation with three of their former executive directors, Tom Kinchin, oh. Terry Harper... 
who had served from 2001 to 2014. Tom Kenton was 86 to 90. And then Bill Hennard, who was there from 2015 to 2019. So Terry Harper, who was there for 14 years. You know what else Terry Harper did in his ministry? Performed your and Keith's wedding. No. Oh, he was at that was one a time. Long shot. At one time, early in his ministry, he was the pastor of Waverly Baptist Church in Waverly, oh, Virginia, where heroes are made. Something like that, where legends are born. Terry Harper, Anthony George, Keith Whitfield. Yeah, it's where legends are born, Amy. It's where legends are born. Yep. Or something like that. So it's very cool. And when we were in Waverly, Terry Harper was the state exec in West Virginia. So we enjoyed catching up with him at an annual meeting. One year, and we heard a lot about all the work that was happening in West Virginia at the time. So, hmm. very cool. So, we move up to New York, Amy, where they did something a little different. Had a three-phase COVID-induced approach to their annual meeting. So, they had phase one, which was pre-recorded annual celebration, which was streamed on September 23rd. Illustrated the effect of the global pandemic on the, heart, on the hard-hit state. Then in phase two, the annual meeting set for November 22nd. So that's not been done yet. That's coming up in about a week and a half. It's a pre-recorded and streamed Thanksgiving celebration. And then on December the 7th will be phase three. And that will be the special called meeting of the state's executive board to conduct limited business. So they're going to keep the same officers and they're going to finalize the budget in January. So a lot of different things going on. There's some bylaw changes there's are, those are all going to wait. But so they took like a different approach instead of just having everything at once or doing like three different pieces of it. So uh, kind of cool there. Yeah. It's been interesting to see how, how the states have handled this in different ways. Yeah. All right. Over to Oklahoma, Amy. All right. So in Oklahoma, they gathered on Tuesday, November 10th at First Baptist Broken Arrow. And what they did is abbreviated down to one day. They featured some preaching, they did essential business, and they had a special focus on the upcoming 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Uh, so that was very important. They wanted, that's coming in 2021, and so they watched a video conversation between the pastor of North Tulsa and Hans Dilbeck, so they could reflect on that. They had almost 500 people there. Uh, they also announced a new scholarship program at Oklahoma Baptist University that will be funded in partnership with Oklahoma Baptists. And that was announced at the meeting. It's called the 1921 scholarship related to the 100th anniversary of the, of the Tulsa, of the Tulsa race massacre. And it will award two full scholarships to black students at OBU. Um, they, so that was a big announcement there. Then they also elected a new slate of officers. So the president, the new president is Todd Fisher. He's pastor of Emmanuel in Shawnee. Michael Butler is first vice president, pastor of first Baptist in Chickasha, Chickasha. I don't know how to say it. Um, someone's going to have to write in and correct me. Um, second vice president is Jason Yarbrough from First Baptist Glenpool. So those are the three officers. They also heard fiscal reports from 2020, and they approved the 2021 Cooperative Program Spending Plan set at a $23.1 million goal, which is a, which really rep, it represents a smaller budget from last year just because of economic uncertainties related to the pandemic. And out of that, 43% is allocated for national causes, 42% for Oklahoma Baptists, and 15% for Oklahoma Baptist affiliates. 
All right, then to Georgia, and they celebrated their 199th annual meeting down in Georgia. 586 messengers approved a litany of things, including a 2021 budget of $37.835 million of that 40% will be forwarded on to the cooperative program for national and international ministries. They celebrated the addition of 26 new churches, and Kevin Williams, the senior pastor at Villarica Baptist Church, was unopposed for the presidency and elected by proclamation. Pastor Barry Snap of Victory Baptist in Rockmart was elected first vice president. And Amy, they had a tie. We have a tie for second vice president. A tie, Amy. Alex Cosio of Nuevo Horizonte in Woodstock and Matt Brady, who's the pastor of Eastside in Claxton, will share that title. Or they did not right, have so another runoff. I got runoff. a question. All right, yeah. so I got a question. All right, I got an answer. Probably not a good one. So if the president cannot fulfill his responsibilities. Yep. So Kevin Williams can't do it, so Pastor Barry Snap has to do it. I have no it. reason to believe that Kevin Williams can't, by the way. No, I'm just no, throwing no, no, it out no. there. No, no, no. But like maybe he gets sick. Let's just say he gets sick. And then Barry Snap gets sick. Which one steps in? They have to arm wrestle for it. That's the rules. I don't make the rules. That's the rules, though. Okay. My money's you said on it Alex. Here. I don't know. It could be on Matt. I, I have no idea. I have no. I don't know either one of these guys. But yes. yes, if it gets to that point, they have to arm wrestle for it. I think it's in the Georgia Baptist bylaws somewhere. Okay. Okay. All or right. bare knuckle fight. But I think arm wrestling would be a little bit more palatable for most folks. Yes. But it is the South, so you never know. All right. Stephen Williams, pastor of Belmont and Calhoun, was elected fourth vice president. So there you go. So. It looks like there's no third vice president, so they just have second and fourth. I don't know. Yeah. So they also did something interesting with their resolutions committee this year. Yes. That um, they had four. They had four resolutions. Mm-hmm. One of them expressed appreciation. Yes. I'm sure that's not surprising to anyone. Nope. Um, for the host sites for the annual meeting, the other three were resolutions uh, that one opposed critical race theory and intersectionality, one supported law enforcement, one condemned racism, and they asked for messengers to consider them as something as a package. The three principles went, they said three principles went into that thought, awareness, sensitivity, and balance. So that's kind of an interesting concept. They were delivering all four resolutions for consideration, but they did want people to say, you're making a statement by doing all three. So... It's kind yes. of a unique. Yeah, it's a different, but they were passed unanimously and with no discussion. So there we go. All right, our final state meeting story. We we begin in Kentucky and we're going to end in your home state. So we'll start in Kentucky, where around 400 messengers gathered at Bellevue Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky. You know what Owensboro has that Nashville doesn't? What? A raisin canes. I knew you were going to say that. They approved a $22 million cooperative program budget, which is a slight decrease from last year, but they are a 50-50 state. So 50% of that, $22 million, which is how much, Amy? Um, $11 million. Yes. They, I, they, I told you there would be no math, but then I sprung that on you. Uh, will be forwarded on to the National Cooperative Program. Wes Fowler, pastor of First Baptist Church Mayfield, will be the president this year. Josh Schmidt, 
pastor at First Baptist Grayson, was elected first vice president, and David Scott, the worship pastor at Ormsby Heights in Louisville, was elected second vice president. They also passed a slate of seven resolutions dealing with issues ranging from evangelism to abortion. And Amy, we conclude in North Carolina. Yes. So this was an abbreviated meeting in North Carolina that I actually, I, I was planning to be at the main meeting, um, but did not get to attend the abbreviated meeting. It was at First Baptist Charlotte. This was the 190th annual meeting of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. Um, they adopted a $27 million cooperative program budget for 2021, uh, which was a 11.5% decrease from the last year's CP budget. Um, they also left the percentage of C- of CP receipts that get forwarded to the Southern Baptist Convention at 42%. So this is the first time in 14 years that it was not increased. But we're seeing some of these patterns everywhere, either smaller budgets or, you know, giving or forwarding on less, things like that. Where this is where we're kind of seeing the impact of the pandemic. They did approve a recommendation that any undesignated CP receipts in excess of the budget would be allocated 50-50. So that was something. Uh, messengers elected Michael Perdue from First Baptist Church Icard and Connolly Springs as president. Uh, Quintel Hill from Multiply Community Church in Monroe as first vice president. And Jason Miller, pastor of Dutch Cove Missionary Baptist Church in Canton, is second vice president. Um, but the big focus of the meeting was uh, an opportunity to celebrate Milton Hollyfield. He will be retiring on February 28th, 2021. And so there was a special recognition service that had video testimonials, in-person testimonials. He got to speak and make, you know, his final address. Um, he has been the executive director treasurer for 14 years. So All right. uh, really, really big deal. So that was kind of the focus of North Carolina. All right. Final story, Amy. And this cannot get more on brand, but, you know, we talked a few weeks ago when we had the hotel registration open for the annual meeting. There was a a bit of a hiccup on the tech side of things, not on our side, but on the side of Merit's Global Events, the hotel provider for us. They had some technical issues on their end. And to make up for that, they sent out an email this week with information and gave out $10 gift cards to Cracker Barrel to everybody who experienced the problem. So basically, if you were trying to book a hotel room and had trouble and were able to finally book a hotel room on that day, check your email and... You should have received it. If you didn't and you believed you should have, there's information in the Baptist Press article. You can email uh, an email address, spc at merits.com, or call them at their number listed here. So uh, how on brand was that? That sounds about right. Yes. All right. That's going to do it for our news this week. Bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So I decided to go back to see what was being said in a uh, in a week or a season that a lot of us have been thinking about this week. And that is sort of the week after election day in 2000, 20 years ago, when we did not have um, when we did not have clarity about the presidential election. So if anybody's feeling sort of deja vuish, 
That's why, because 20 years ago, uh, we were in the middle of the Florida recount, or it was kind of getting, really getting started. So I wanted to look back at, at Baptist Press to see what I could find. And I found uh, three really interesting articles. One is, um, top SBC leaders urge Bush Gore do what's best for the country. So, um, so James Merritt, who was the president of the SBC at the time, and Morris Chapman, who was president of the executive committee, really were encouraging Southern Baptists to pray for the country. And then they also urged Vice President Al Gore and Texas governor at the, at the time, George W. Bush, to put aside their own interests and do what's best for the nation. So there's a quote uh, from James Merritt. He said, we need to pray for God's will to be done and that God will give the officials overseeing the voting process wisdom to do the right thing and pray that God will give them integrity. Whatever is done, the American people need to feel that it was done fairly with consistency and with integrity. And we should all understand that even with all this uncertainty about the election, um, that God will work it out. And then uh, Morris Chapman asked the same to ask every Southern Baptist across the nation to commit to extraordinary prayer for America. Also, James Merritt mentioned that uh, he the prayer that both candidates would step up to the plate and do what's best for the country. He said they both claim to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. My piece of advice to them would be to do what Jesus would do. Be gracious, be kind, and be willing to die to your own self and decide what is best for the country. So it's a really, really interesting story. Then there was one uh, that Richard Land, what he had to say, um, so he was president of the ERLC at the time. And he said um, that we ought to pray for Americans and the two candidates to abide by the rule of law, that we should, um, he actually was saying legal action should not be the course used to resolve the election, that he hoped that the results, that Amer- that the Americans would accept the results of the vote recounts. Of course, now we know that that's not what happened. Legal action really was what kind of settled it. But at the time, he was saying, let's let the recounts happen. And then there's also, there's also some other quotes from Bob Record, from Nam. So a lot of kind of blast from the past names commenting on this. That's a pretty long article. And then there was a first person from Art Tolston. I love when Art Tolston weighs into these things because he just points everyone in the right direction and said only the Christian faith can adequately calm the anxiety burdening our hearts. And he really just laid out a gospel message that we needed we needed to hear more than ever. And so I just thought, I want to know what Southern Baptists were saying in a time when we felt a lot of turmoil in the wake of a presidential election. And 20 years ago, a lot of the things that we're worried about, a lot of the things we're trying to put our focus on, a lot of the things we're turning to prayer for, they were doing the same thing this week in SBC history. Very cool. Yeah, I remember that. I was in college. You were probably either in college or just graduated. Is that right? Um, no, I had, uh, I, I was married almost a year and I was working at Southern Seminary. Okay. So you were at seminary. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that's one of those, that was my first presidential election and what a memorable one, right? Yep. You know where I watched the initial returns and where I was when the first, when they first called Florida for Al Gore before they took it back, I was at a gathering to watch returns together at Jim Smith's at Jim and Linda Smith's house. Oh. Jim Smith who is the uh runs communications for Southwestern Seminary. 
Um, Linda was my supervisor and they had a bunch of people over from work and we all sat around and watched. And so it was a big crowd and Florida went for Al Gore. And then I remember all of a sudden we realized they're not going to call it tonight. And Jim and Linda probably don't want us all staying in their living room until the wee hours of the morning. So we all went home. Um, but it was kind of weird because you assumed you were going to learn. And you mm-hmm. didn't. But yeah. yeah, that was kind of the first night that we didn't really know, wasn't it? Right. In a long time. Right. Yep. So, all right. Now that's kind of almost par for the course these days. So, crazy. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, it's a new book that's come out by Daniel Palmer, who oh. is, yeah. yep, yep, my former coworker at um, Southeastern. Southeastern Seminary. Now he's a pastor in Roanoke, and he has just published a book called Bethlehem's Redeemer, Seeing Jesus in Ruth, which Ruth is my favorite book of the Bible, so I'm very excited. And so it's a Bible study for small groups or individual study, and it really focuses on sort of the the way Ruth points to the Messiah. So really, really cool, and I just learned about this in the last week. I'm very excited about it. And I think it's a great thing going into the Advent season as well, uh, just because of thinking through, you know, all the pointing to the Messiah. So I wanted to throw that out there and it just became available and you can order it on Amazon. Hmm. So I got that. Piper's book on Ruth is fantastic. I've heard Platt preach on Ruth. It's fantastic. That's it's, that and Jonah are my two favorite Old Testament books. So yeah, um, uh, I, I need to pick up this book because I'm a huge fan of the Book of Ruth. So Book of Ruth, Book of Jonah, those two books yep. in the Old Testament, I like them. All right, mine yep. is a new study from Lifey Research that they released this week on how the economy is impacting churches. So we had seen some improvement in the economy over the past couple of years, and as far as how churches are being affected by the economy. And this year, as you might well expect, Amy, we have reversed. So yes. The negative impact so. has gone up. The positive impact has gone way down. So uh, one of the lowest positive impacts since the recession uh, that we saw back you know, in 2010, that's kind of where it bottomed out. Uh, October of 2010 was kind of the worst of these, uh, this kind of longitudinal study that they've done over the past decade or so. Uh, it was the worst in October of 2010, where 80% said it was negatively impacting their church, and just 3% said it was positively impacting their church. Uh, we're up to 15% now saying it's positively impacting, with 48% ne- negatively impacting. So um, it's quite different than what it was about a year and a half, two years ago, whenever the economy was really roaring. So, which you would expect, right? With the um, pandemic going on. So some fascinating stuff over there. So I'm sure your church is, uh, as well as mine, I know we've been impacted by the, by the economy because of COVID-19. Uh, it's kind of the a fallout of the pandemic. So uh, there's some fascinating information over there. Go check it out over at Lifeway Research. We got the link in the show notes as well. So it's an economic survey of churches. So maybe you can check out where your church is as compared to others. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. Got one more week before we hit that Thanksgiving break. So I'm sure there'll be some more state convention news to report next week. And who knows what else? So uh, George Schroeder and I are headed to Louisville 
uh, to sit down with Dr. Moeller and and a couple of other folks there at Southern Seminary here on this Friday, November the 13th. So uh, we'll have a hopefully a safe trip. And Amy, I uh, hope to see you soon. And folks, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>